Hello, and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast, your source for interviews with people from all across the tropical fish keeping hobby. I'm your host, Randy Reed. Please subscribe and check out all previous episodes on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or AquarisPodcast.com. You can also check out additional content by following the Aquarius Podcast Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. If you like what you hear, please rate and leave a review for the show. Enjoy the interview. Today's date is Friday, June 1st, 2018. I'm joined by Bentley Pasco. Bentley is also a member of the GSAS, or the Greater Seattle Aquarium Society, so we are, we're both members of that fine club. Uh, Bentley has a couple sweet titles to his name for participating in club contests. Uh, he is a Master Horticulturalist too, and he's also received the Intermediate Breeder Award. And tonight I am in Bentley Pasco's home here in the Seattle, Washington area. Uh, he's been kind enough to invite me in, and uh, we're going to have a fun conversation and uh, talk about Bentley and his beginnings in the hobby, and also a really cool topic of plants for profit. So Bentley, thank you very much for joining me on the Aquarius Podcast. Pleasure to have you. All right, so where do we get started, Bentley? Uh, you know, you've taken me through your home, you've shown me um, your wonderful collection of fish tanks that you've put together, uh, beautiful tanks, a wonderful variety of, of different fishes that you're keeping. Um, you know, I could, I could stay here the rest of the night, my wife might get upset if I don't come home, but you know, you've got some great tanks, some really beautiful plants and beautiful fish. So how did you get started in our fun hobby? Sure, uh, so my my memories of fish goes all the way back to basically before I can remember. Um, fish have always been kind of popular on both sides of my family, both in my dad's side of the family and my mom's. Um, my my great-grandmother, for example, is um, not known in the hobby, but known in the family for having bred Scolari angelfish all the way back in the 50s and 60s. Um, and her, her trick, which is an, uh, kind of an old angelfish breeder trick nowadays, or not nowadays, but like known now, but not done now because you don't need to anymore, was like feeding raw hamburger to your angelfish to get them to breed and to condition them for, for breeding. Um, when I was a kid, like my very first fish tank was this old five gallon glass lemonade pitcher that had been turned upside down and removed a little plastic spigot. And my dad did a like makeshift breeder box filter inside of it and had it full of just male guppies, just all male fancy guppies. And that was in my bedroom as my first fish tank. And I mean, I couldn't have been more than four or five. It's my earliest fish tank memory as far as like this was my tank in my bedroom. Uh, and ever since like we've had uh, all the way up to my dad had a basically 300 gallon all glass koi aquarium in our basement. And while we had that, we had big schooling fish uh, Aquarium, so mostly like 100, 125 gallon type tanks had a couple of those and some 55s and 75s and stuff like that. Um, we were really big on peaceful fish, so I did lots of tetras and danios, um, some tiger bars because if you control them right, they're they're pretty peaceful. Uh, but always, always as a kid, we always had angelfish uh, because it was kind of a, an homage to grandma. Um, they were the the pretty thing back in the 80s. Was kind of angelfish was that that was really their jam time. And the popular thing I can always remember as a kid was discus. I would go into Denny's Pet World, which is in Kirkland, because I grew up in Kirkland. And uh, they, they used to have this beautiful discus display tank. And I remember looking at it and being like, I want to eventually have those, but they're so hard to keep. Now granted, that's the 80s, where like nowadays, especially in the Seattle area, discus are easy, right? Our water is so soft, it doesn't matter, and the equipment's so much better, it's so much easier than like, oh no, you need like three different filters, and the filtration's so hard, and keeping the water right, and 
Got to be really warm, and that's hard because heaters aren't reliable. So one second, Bentley. I just went through your home. I don't see any discus in any of these right, tanks. Right, right. What's so, going on, man? Um, so I kept fish basically all the way until uh, early college. And at the end of early college, I was living with my cousin. Uh, he worked at a Petco as their aquatics guy, but was not the, like, the fish nerd in the family. Um, that was me at the house. But a lot of times he would ask me questions, and he was really into He wanted a tank. And I had not had a tank at that time because we, uh, my aunt had been doing African cichlids and all of our old tanks went to her, I think like the year before, basically. Um, so we got this like 55 gallon boat front and did like Jack Dempsey's and Red Devils and we had a silver arowana for a while. Until Thunderdome Jack... tank. Yeah, it was very Thunderdome. <laughs> um, and the Captain Jack, the Jack Dempsey was the, the queen because it was a female, despite what my cousin likes to believe. Um, and... Uh, I, I love those fish until eventually it busted a seal. We were poor college kids. We couldn't really afford to like house them somewhere else long enough, fix the tank, and get it back up. So we, we donated them to a store. And then I didn't keep fish for about a decade. Well, randomly via good old YouTube, um, I had gotten a suggestion of a video from uh, The Green Machine, which is James Finley. And I saw these beautiful aquascape tanks with lots of nano fish. And... Uh, a day later, I've watched three years worth of their videos, and it's kind of like, I want fish again. You know, I have my own house. I have room for fish tanks. I can just get something small. So I got, I order a little, like, Fluval Flex, which is still in my bedroom, and I, I love that little tank. Um, and I start looking for more videos, and I come across uh, Aquarium Co-op's first tour of Gary Lang's fish room. And this explains now what you've seen, as I, I had never seen rainbow fish as a kid. Um, I can't recall them being in any of the stores around here, at least. And then I saw, like, I saw both Monai, and I saw turquoise, and I started seeing all the other stuff. And I was like, okay, nope, nope, that's what I want. I want rainbow fish. I'm not even going to try discus. Because I, I remember at first, I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself back to the hobby. I'm going to relearn all the things I've forgotten over the last decade. And then I think I'm going to do a big discus tank because I never kept discus as a kid and I always loved them. And then I saw rainbow fish. I saw how much more active they were, so much variety of color, the fact that they, they color change on you basically at will. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, discus suck. Rainbow fish are amazing. Um, and uh, then I, I kind of went a little nuts. I had very actively gone to Aquarium Co-op as my, my local fish store, even though it's like an hour drive. Um, and eventually a, uh, group of adults came in from a person who had to tear down their tank. They had some fish from Gary Lang. Uh, they were moving, couldn't take their fish with them. And, uh, I just went in and they, I got called from one of the employees. They're like, Hey, I know you've been talking about rainbow fish and like looking at trying to get some specific stuff. And yeah, I mean, basically almost everything that's in this tank. Uh, that's right in front of us. And unfortunately you guys can't see that. Makes for wonderful audio yeah. podcasts, by the way. <laughs> But hey, man, podcasts are awesome. Like, yeah, I they... worked in radio for a while, so I love podcasts. It's like new radio. Um, so almost everything that's in this tank came from that gal's tank, and I adopted them. And it was one of those things where I went in, and there's a full-size Wismani, there's full-size Turquoise, uh, there's the there's a Parva, Parkinsoni. And I was just like, yep, how much? I want them all. Just how much? Just tell me the number and take them home today. Uh, thankfully, I'd been going to the shop long enough. They gave me a pretty good deal because I was taking the whole batch. Uh, 
and, and I've never looked back. Uh, and then, of course, having watched uh, The Green Machine, I got really into plants. Uh, I didn't, never did plants as a kid, except for uh, we tried a banana plant once, and that was solely so that our fish could eat it. Uh, we had, we had bought it with like no we get to watch the we get to watch the fish eat it because that's that's something they do in nature, and it was never the the concept of planet tanks was never in my head because while plants were still available in the Seattle area, I'd never seen like true planet tanks so never as a kid settled in like that's that's the thing I want to do. Let me let me interrupt you real quick. So yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what year are we at? So you you were out of the hobby for a decade. Sure. You got back so in. this is um, twenty sixteen. Okay. So yeah, I haven't been back very long in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, thankfully, I have one of those brains that just absorbs quote useless information unquote. So it's like the stuff that I love, my hobbies. Um, so if, like if it's related to games, because I'm a gamer, um, I'm gonna remember it. That that useless stuff for work, nah, that's that's never gonna be yeah. in there at all. Yeah, and, um, it, and it's funny that the way the way you talked about how. Uh, what you wanted your your display or your main tank to be because we actually um and we didn't even talk about this until like this very moment right um we had very similar thought processes i thought that i was going to get a full discus tank right oh, man. <laughs> there's actually there's actually a local breeder breeder in the area um i'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast so it's okay but i had reached out to him and said hey man i'm like down the road from you and you've got you breed discus and you know, whatever price you want, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting at my tank, my 75 gallon tank. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, dial it in for discus. I'm gonna do a freshwater sump. The sucker's gonna be dialed in. I'm gonna take care of these fish, right? Um, and but let me let me get a hold of you in a month or so, and I, and I want to pick these discus up from you, right? Yeah. I want to be able to come into your. Uh, he he was gonna let me come in and pick them out, right? Nice. Instead of just like mail order kind of stuff, because nice, that'd be nice. silly, because I'm I'm two miles from where you are. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was just really fortuitous that 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 would turn out that way. And then just like you, I was watching YouTube, and I came across <laughs> the Gary Lang tour of a with uh, with aquarium yeah. It might have been the second time around, or maybe the first time, because I'm much more recently back into the hobby. Um, than you than you are. Yeah, it's it's probably if the if the uh, audio and video is a little bit better, a little closer to the current. It's definitely the second tour because the second tour is yeah. re is really good. Yeah, I've watched both, and I think I think the one that really sold me on the rainbow fish was the second tour. And, and hearing Gary talk about how you know any color rainbow fish that you want, or any color fish you want, you can find it in the rainbow fish, and, um, and they're natural. That's the best part. This, yeah, you don't have an. I, I say this despite owning a glowfish um, that was an adopt. Right. It was an adoptee. I didn't buy it. I would never pay. Hey, it's life. Fish. It's but life. you know, man, kids love them. Um, they they come in all these insane colors naturally, yeah. and like to me, um, rainbow fish are basically the closest you can get to salt water without doing salt water, because you have so much variety of color. And yeah, the body shape for some people is real goofy. Or crazy insane African cichlids. Right, and you, you've got like the Mabunas and the Peacocks yeah. where you get some really crazy color. And don't get me wrong, I like those fish too. Yeah. My aunt kept tons of African cichlids. Um, so it would be very much, you would go to my house, which was the like freshwater schooling fish house. Mm -hmm. Then you go to my aunt's house in Yakima. And it's like, here's all the aggressive but gorgeous African cichlids all over the house. So, you know, tons and tons of tanks. Um and it was just the difference is I love peaceful fish. Yeah. And rainbows, you know, the the tank that we're sitting in front of has inch and a half daimyos with five inch rainbow rainbow fish, a giant angel, 
a blue Akara and that none of them pick on each other. Yeah. Yeah, and so just like you, you know, I converted from thinking I was going to have a discus tank to having a rainbow fish tank, which I actually have. Uh, my Bozmani are from you. So yeah. we also have that connection, yeah. which is pretty cool. By my babies. Um, yeah, but I ended up paying full retail from them. So yeah, well. No, it's, it's uh, that's fine. <laughs> that's no worries. Um, and yeah, now I, I'm working on um, that uh, having like that 75-gallon centerpiece, rainbow fish, um, heavily planted CO2-injected tank. And, and it's funny how, you know, it's kind of a, a departure from what I thought I was going to do with discus, which I still want to have a discus tank. Um, I still think that they're cool, but I but I think what also swayed me was watching a couple other videos where you know if you don't set the tank up just right or depending on how you how you have the decorations, the discus can end up being very frightened and they always want to hide yeah. and they're you know now granted the, there could be the flip side of that where the, the discus act like true cichlids and they're very curious and they're exploring, but you know to me it was just too much of a crapshoot. It was too much money, right? Discus are expensive. Discus are very expensive. Um, they're not a cheap fish. But yeah, I mean, so the fact that we both share very similar paths of <laughs> how we got back into the hobby and our first tanks, um, and I will say that I think it was Denny's, um, going into Denny's to buy rabbit food with my wife, where I wandered back into the fish section, and it's like, man, I, I miss having my fish tanks, and I had to break all my fish tanks down when I lived in Sacramento, and because we moved to Southern California and we went from a 2,000 square foot house to a 500 square foot place, and so you can't a little, have a little hard to keep fish. Yeah, you can't have a hundred. You can't have hundred. You know, one twenty fives and one hundreds and fifty fives in, in that kind of setup yeah. with two dogs. Yeah. Um, oh man. So yeah, I mean, you know, life happens, and you know, we have to sacrifice our hobbies. But um, yeah, I mean, so it's funny that you also had that Denny's connection, and, and you know, that's kind of the store that I would like to say um, that's where the spark came back to me to start keeping fish again yeah i mean the only the only difference is um as far as stores i mean we're lucky in the seattle area that we have several amazing stores you have you have aquarium co-op of course like uh well well known in the the world of aquariums uh you have denny's which is kind of a, a local mom and pop but they've been around for an eternity as a, a general all-purpose store but the same guy who's been managing their fish Who's, who's a younger guy. I mean, he's our age. Yep. You know, he's in his 30s. Um, he's been doing it for 20 years. He's worked for that store doing fish since he was in high school. He may be a guest on this show, too, one day. Oh, he should be. Yeah. Jesse is yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. And he's a big saltwater nerd. But he's converted recently to a rainbow fish nerd. Well, they have an great. awesome rainbow fish tank. They have too. a great yeah. rainbow fish display tank. It's unfortunately tucked in the back of their fish room, but right, it it's, is it's kinda hidden, but yeah. if you if you get back there and can like not have to be bullied out of the way to get in the back room yeah. a bunch, I think it's it's, got, it's really good to appreciate. And I think that tank has like twelve inches of substrate. Like the next time you go it is there, it is really, it's a really, really thick deep, bed. especially on the right hand side. I've but it's, a it's very but it's, thick. But it's a beautiful planet yeah, tank. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Huge rainbows. Like those suckers are old. Like they're, Yeah, they're they're all they're, they're all big. old and old and crotchety. But um you know it's it's interesting this a lot of a lot of the ways that people get back into the hobby uh, you'll find very much where it's like you'll talk to somebody else you meet in a club or what have you and you're like, oh yeah so I got in because of this. I'm like, no, you too. Like, it's just, it's so interesting how small world a lot of stuff is. Where, especially in this hobby, because it is kind of niche, but how so many people go down similar trains, and you would think, oh no, it's just unique to me. And it's like, nah, lots of people are like that. But to get back onto our track and get toward plants for profit. Thank you, Bentley. Which, which thank I, you for, which thank I, you for bringing it on I, back. I love, I love dearly. 
Um, I, like I said, I never kept plants as a kid, and I had seen all these tanks, and it was one of those things where, like, you, you listen to Gary Lang talk, and it's like, they do so great in a planet aquarium, they do so great in a planet aquarium. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be much of an aquascaper. I'll never claim to be an aquascaper. But I stick plants in substrate. That's I, what I do. I basically put plants in clusters. Like, I kind of wish I was a, a, a Dutch aquascaper, but I'm nowhere near. And, and then just hope it turns out well. And I get pretty lucky. Um, so I started doing plants and got into our horticulture rewards program at Greater, Greater Aquarium Seattle. Oh, my God, Greater... Seattle Aquarium Society. I can speak English, I promise. Well, between saying the title of greater or horticulturalist, right? Like, that's yeah. a tongue twister as well. But then also Greater Seattle Aquarium Society can in and of itself yeah, be a tongue a twister. A bunch of acronyms that, like, are better said in, in full titles. And now F we'll go... Flynn's Fish Forum. Yeah. Who well, I have interviewed as well. Flynn's a great guy. But I told him, like, did you purposely make it a tongue twister? Yeah. And, I, and he said yes. So he's kind of trolling us. Ah, what a, what a love young man. <laughs> But um, I got into our, our HAP program, yeah, I'll go simpler, um, and that's kind of where my love for plants took off. And my, I guess we would say current philosophy on plants evolved, which is that never be afraid to try something, and also don't be afraid to try things that people say you can't do. Um, a great example, the, the all-knowing internet will a lot of times say that some of the, the cheaper Chinese-made LEDs, your Beams Works, your Night Cruise, your Aquanites, they're not going to be good enough to grow plants like a Fluval 3.0 or a Current Light. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree heavily. I think the application is what matters. Yeah. Um, there, there is a, and I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Fluval does have certainly a much higher quality product. I would a agree. A robustness, absolutely, hands down. But if you can keep your lights um, out of the tank, uh, free of moisture, um, free of the you know any of the condensation that may build up being on yep. top of your aquarium, if you can keep them safe, um, I have had no troubles whatsoever with my night crews. I think I'm running four night crews in different sizes um, across my fish room, yep. and I've had no problem with them. I, they've been well, fantastic. Well, like a, an example is the the tank that's sitting here beside us, which is a, a six foot. Rainbow free plug, Nycrew. Uh, yeah, free plug for Nycrew. I mean, I have Beamsworks lights on this. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking a six-foot LED was $65. Shipped to my house. Yeah. Dirt cheap. And I just used two of them because the tank's 24 inches and it produces enough light to make sure the plants grow. I will knock the Nycrew, though, that they made their 36-inch light. I think it's actually 37. So it actually overhangs a 40 breeder. Really? Like just enough so that the little bracket, the little yeah, bracket sliders, actually fit they properly. don't fit. So I've actually had to build kind of an arm to, to actually have it hang over the 40 breeder huh. tank. So that's been, that would be my one little, thought. Little criticism. Like, hey, little hey, criticism. come on, you should have, bring it down one inch, right? Come yeah. on, the 40 breeder is such a common size that I'm not sure oh, man. what they were I, doing when they made that, I that love, particular I decision. love 40 breeder tanks. Yeah. Um, so again, back on topic, Bentley. Right, so in trying plants and getting in our hack program, um, I started really prolifically acquiring plants because I wanted to just keep growing more and more things and not just settle at like, okay, I've grown a few plants pretty well. These are the ones I like in my tank. And I've, I've changed plants out in various tanks several times in my more display aquariums. And uh, I eventually got to the point of where I would watch videos about breeding for profit. 
And they're all kind of universally the same. It's finding a, a cheaper fish and doing it in quantity, something that sells a lot. Guppies are a great example. Bristlenose plecos are a great example. Cherry shrimp, great example. Um, but the fish that I like to breed are rainbow fish. And it's like, that's a lot of work for not a ton of money. You don't really do rainbow fish for profit. You do it for love. But I had noticed that, like... Or glutton for punishment. Or a glutton for punishment. It's a little bit of both, really. I had noticed that, like, I could grow plants really well... And I'd been trading them in um, at the store to get credit, usually to buy food. And I started thinking about it. It's like, why, why don't I just sell them locally through places like Craigslist or apps like OfferUp um, and try that? And I started with something dirt simple, just dwarf water lettuce, your, your atypical, easy-to-do floating plant. I had a little bit in a couple tanks. I had spent like $5 on my water lettuce and it grows so prolifically that like my 90 in my, my big rainbow tank would just be, the entire tops would be covered and start choking on my other plants. And I'd, I'd been throwing it away just to get rid of it. I actually throw mine away right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where like most stores won't take it because it grows just as well for them. Yeah. But I put some up on Craigslist and it was like, you know, you would pay a dollar per root cluster at a shop I'm going to give you a handful, which is somewhere between you know, 20 and 30 clusters, for five bucks. Dirt cheap. Started getting more and more people. And every time someone would come in, my goal was I would show them my display aquariums where I grew other plants that I was kind of constantly clipping. And they would see these, what I, I deem nice, nice enough looking tanks. Certainly not pure aquascape magic, but... Um, and a lot of people would be like, oh, wow, these look really pretty. What, what is this plant? What is this plant? Do you sell these? Of course I do. So I started thinking, like, I can really do more than just this stuff that I'm just trying to really to get rid of and actually push it a little harder and see how much easier is it to make money selling plants. Now, an aside to this, um, this is not a knock on the band. Uh, a guy like Corey from Aquarium Co-op will tell you that Plants for Profit doesn't work. And the reason why, because he has this amazing Breeding for Profit series for fish. It, it's fantastic. His methodology is about selling back to your local store. And in that case, I would completely agree. The amount of money that a store is going to give you, either in, in cash or store credit, if you're lucky enough cash, but most of the time store credit, is so low because they can buy their plants so cheap that are all immersed grown, that it it doesn't balance out. But what you don't account for is if you are willing to use places like eBay, uh, Aquabid, there's great Reddit forums if you're willing to ship. Uh, if you only want to do locally, then uh, I honestly think Craigslist and OfferUp are really all you need if you're in a decent metropolitan area. Or if you have just a good, if you have a really solid fish store in the area, you probably have a lot of fish nerds in the area. And even then, that's enough, even if you're not in, like, a Seattle, San Francisco, something big. If, if you've got a really good store that's doing pretty well, you probably have plenty of people who aren't going to be necessarily members of clubs where they would be getting plants anyway and might not be always looking for the same plants that you see in a store all the time. So I started doing uh, some 40 breeders 
as a project after I realized like I can sell some stems and I'd been selling some random stuff here and there out of my display aquariums. Uh, I built a couple 40 breeders uh, using pushing CO2 on them because I'd had a CO2 set up in my rainbow fish tank. And very quickly within, I would say two months of doing it, I had paid for every piece of equipment on that tank. That sounds it, like proof in the pudding right there. And we're talking, just to be clear here, there's a Fluval 3.0 plant light, which, you know, you're talking a 36-inch light. Those things are like 160 or 150 retail, something like that. Um, you have a 20-pound CO2 canister with a regulator on it, an AquaClear 110, the 40 breeder, and a mixture of Fluval stratum and EcoComplete at about three inches of total soil, two months paid for. Yeah, and to further add evidence to that, I mean, we're sitting here, uh, the recorder <laughs> sitting on a table, and you know, not only am I here to interview Bentley and to check out his fish room and just connect with a with a fellow G GSAS member, but um, you know, there's a good, uh, I don't know, quarter pound bag, uh, a half pound of of plants, of various plants that. Yeah. Um, I have given Bentley cold hard cash for good old good old American so, dollars. So so yeah, yes, I mean the the breeding or the I'm sorry the the plants for profit. Now assuming Bentley is clearing a profit, he's certainly making a revenue. Um, so there's definitely sales generation going on, uh, and, and I am super happy because the amount that I gave Bentley, uh, it, it's such a win win because I could not spend that amount of money in a retail store and get the variety or the amount of plants that Bentley has given me. Um, and likewise, on a trade, Bentley is would not be able to get as much as I gave him, right? So, oh, no, so, so, so it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, it is really, really awesome. Like, of course, I'm still going to support my local fish stores for all sorts of other things. Um, and I highly doubt that you know Bentley alone can supplement my my personal need for the plants that I'm going to want because I'm going to kill some and I'm going to want more and I'm going to have more tanks. Um, but in this particular transaction, I mean, it's been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, Why, this, thank you. Yeah, you know, this Seattle metro area, there are a lot of people and there's a lot of fish nerds. We have a very um, active and large fish club. So there, there are plenty of outlets for Bentley to, to sell plants. Um, and I think one of the other amazing things about plants for profit is that unlike fish and breeding for profit um, or trying to breed for profit, you know, if you have a planted tank, if anyone has a planted tank, they probably have room for one or two more stem plants. They probably have room for a couple more foreground plants or mid-ground, whatever it may be, right? But if you are kind of committed on a certain species or if your bio load in certain tanks are already maxed out, then you know, you're already missing out on customers on the breeding for profit, right? Like, yeah. you know, guppies is kind of the standard, um, you know, it, it's super classic fish very high demand stores sell a lot of them but at the same time like kind of not everybody wants guppies right um, yeah and i mean even a, a great example would be that um your average store price on a, a fancy guppy and and even if it's something like a, a delta red or something like that you know the difference in price that they're selling at is not very high so they're probably only paying you 75 cents to a dollar per fish uh maybe a buck 50 if you have like something a little more in demand where you're the only person doing them and they can you know sell them at say uh six to seven dollars a fish instead of say four dollars a fish um you have to do a lot now you can make over time you can get yourself to a point of where yeah you're making 
say maybe a thousand dollars a year, but I do that in three months, selling plants. Bentley's number dropping right now, so uh, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm doing, all, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. But that's awesome. I want you to do all right, though. That's the whole point. Like, I want you to succeed. I want other people to succeed because that means that, again, more competition. People are going to hear me like I'm a broken record, but in this case, the more competition we have, the more you're going to want to step up your operation. Yep. The more you're going to want to offer the higher quality plants that you're going to want to offer. Um, and not one thing, not one thing that I will plants. say. If you ever want to do plants for profit, and I highly encourage, even if you just have one tank and you grow some like really nice stems, even if it's something simple like I grow Bacopa and Pocostemon stellatus octopus, the best part about those plants, they're beginner plants. Any person who wants to step in and try doing plants can succeed with those. But where you can set yourself apart, and more importantly, where you can make yourself successful is not in what you carry. That helps. Diversity of plants, color, leaf texture, what have you. And I'll talk a little more detail in a sec on that. But I, with every person I ever interact with, I always give them, at a very minimum, my email. Typically, I give them both my email and my cell phone. I haven't got your email on your cell phone yet. You'll have it soon enough. There we go. Before the night's over. Do you have a business card? Uh, not yet. Not Vista yet. Print. I should. I should. It's like five dollars, and they give yeah, you a thousand business cards. It's, it's funny awesome. you say that. It's like my uh, my roommate, quite literally this morning, if I remember right, was talking. We need to get business cards to make this really easy. <laughs> and, um, and it it's it's just one of those things where it's like it hasn't been prevalent yet to where it's like I really should do this. Um, but I offer basically myself as a contact to if you ever have questions about any plant, it doesn't have to be something I sold you. Um, or even fish uh, to the best of my ability, please feel free to reach out. And I reached out to you actually just on a general, um, some of the, the struggles I'm having with my planted tank with algae, and, and just to reach out to you because I know uh, prior to this transaction, I knew that you were somebody that, that knew plants, you know how to grow plants, and that you would have gone through um, and knew how to overcome kind of some of the struggles I'm going through with, with this tank. And um, I reached out to you via Facebook Messenger, and you know you got right back to me, and it was... I took that more of as the camaraderie of just uh, fellow club members, yeah. but the fact that you're willing to extend that even to people that aren't just club members um, is, is really cool. I, and I think I think the key about it is like, if you show people that you are more than happy to help them succeed, you're not just trying to make money. I mean, let's be real here. The goal is to make some make a little bit of money, even if it's just like you use that to afford your next project or your next fish or, or whatever else you want to do or just like if you have a pretty high power bill or water bill well selling plants can pay that yeah. and make it a lot easier and that's that's kind of a nice thought um, that service side means everything the places that succeed usually have very good customer service and if you are offering that service and that knowledge to somebody else to help them succeed they will do all your marketing for you because any person that gets into a tank and sees their plants and sees them doing well they will tell them oh i met this guy or this gal named blah and they sold me their plants really cheap it's so much cheaper than a store they had so many more plants and the whole time they helped me anytime i had a question they helped me that is almost always a guaranteed sale and that person is probably going to keep coming back to you. 
and, and you might have I have this I was I was mentioning this to Randy earlier I have this gal who she has uh, goldfish and she buys plants from me pretty regularly as food for her goldfish now we're not selling anything super fancy but I, I'll let her pick whatever she wants if she's gonna be willing to pay like their appropriate price but not every time sometimes you'll get like we have a lot of koi and goldfish people out here and they will buy plants solely to use them as food sources i uh, i equated that to like paying top dollar for organic chicken free-range chicken to feed your dog right like that it, it almost seems even more extreme than that yeah i mean if if people want to do it power to them yeah. because yeah it is a very good healthy food source for your fish uh you know you talk about say dwarf water lettuce for example has a, a surprisingly high calcium content for what it is so it's extremely good for koi, and mm -hmm. koi will eat it like crazy. So, uh, just to take a step back, so yeah. you've, you've kind of been back in, in the in aquarium hobby for two years. You went mm -hmm. really hard this time on plants. It's very hard. And what I've noticed this entire time that we've been talking, even before the interview, is that you know the scientific names. I mean, you know these plants. You've got, I, I don't know, 20 different species of plants, probably more than that. Uh, I mean, I'm, am oh, I uh, lowballing no, it? You've it's, got a lot. It's probably like 40 or 50. Okay, and you, you pretty much know every single one of them. Yeah, I know them pretty well. Okay, so, uh, I mean, how hard have you hit the books and the internet to drill these names in your head to get these these plant <laughs> identification? <laughs> um, it, like I said, I've, I am kind of fortunate in that I have pretty good memory, um, and I absorb what most people would deem useless inf information very I well. I think it's great. I just can't well, retain right. it. It's, <laughs> um, early on, it was very tough. It was very tough to know the difference between uh, a Pogostamon and a Rotala and a Ludwigia. But... I know they're stems. Right. They're all stems. I checked that box. I um, passed that part of the test. Some of them are red. Most of them are green. Yeah. Some of them have some purple. Uh, but eventually, like, you start to recognize, especially as you grow them. I think that's the key part. As you watch them grow, you recognize differences in the growth pattern and the leaf pattern and that usually tells you everything you need to know whether it's how they will um, reproduce themselves as a plant whether it's purely through a trim or whether they th are more commonly to throw uh, side shoots as child plants um, whether they throw you know th basically down at the very base of the root structure whether that's where they throw their runner children um, and this this is all, all applicable to stems and other plants but specifically in stems because that's where if you're going to do plants for profit, that's where your money is. Mm -hmm. Stems are your money. You're not going to you're not going to do a lot of business doing uh, crips, boosts, boosts. Even though the retail price is crazy Anubias. high, right? Yeah, and I mean the retail price is high, but it's because it takes forever to grow. Yeah. I have, and I I have all of these things. I keep all these things. I almost never sell any crips because I love crips, but they take a long time. Um, I have. What, what about the meltback on the crypts too, though? I mean, did, did, does that kind of feel like you just don't even want to set yourself up for that conversation when somebody takes that home? Like the amount of prep you have to give to somebody to say, "Hey, this sucker's gonna like melt big time." Yeah, uh, that's another reason why I don't sell crypts. Yeah. Um, I've I've sold crypts once, and it was somebody who had bought multiple plants from me, um, and he was like, "Hey, I, I really want to get into crypts. Do you do you have? I know you have crypts. Can you give me something?" Um, and I, I just gave him some basic uh, when Daddy I green and was like listen even though you're only driving like 30 minutes away from here expect, expect this plant to wither and die 
And he was like, wait, what? I'm like, okay, but you'll lose maybe all of the leaves. Don't panic. Just keep that crown just barely above the substrate at the very top, and slowly it will grow back. This is very common in this species. And I just walked him through uh, everything he needed to succeed. Luckily, he didn't have any melt. Nice. He got real lucky. Um, but, you know, I, I buy crypts for myself, and maybe 98% of the time they melt on me. Yeah. And I just know it's going to happen. But with your, 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 most of your people that you're going to have as customers doing plants for profit, they might know how to do the, the basics of plants, but the likeliness that they know, the level of detail you're going to know. You're just going to learn this naturally. It's too low, so I, I try to avoid things that are slow growers or that are complicated to grow. Um, that being said, I have also said I try pretty much everything, so I have very complicated to grow plants, and it's kind of a matter of both testing myself and learning what I can and can't do successfully. Because if I get somebody who is knowledgeable enough in plants and who's really stepped up, like like yourself, right? You've, you've got some basics. You have some struggles. You may give me too much credit on this one. No, 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 no. I got faith. I got faith. Um, but, like, you know the basics. You've had your struggles, but you're, you're starting to get past those, right? And you're starting to get to the point of where um, you will succeed at the easy stuff, and you'll start you'll start being willing to challenge yourself. I believe you. I know it's coming. I'm believing, especially, I'm believing in that statement. Especially you got a nice 75-gallon <laughs> CO2 tank. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, it's so pretty. 70, man, I love 75s. I just don't have any, like, set up right now. But soon, soon. Such a good footprint. That and the 40 reader, like, two of the best footprints ever. Um, then you can start, like, kind of challenging yourself with some of the harder stuff. And that's where you can start getting things in your club. So if, especially if you have a club, sell plants at your club. Always sell plants at your club. So at our club, um, and again, you guys know my, my PSA, join your local fish club if you're not already a member. Um, but we, the plants that go for auction at our club, like those are the highest price items. It yep. seems like the 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 guppies you can't give the guppies away for free practically. Oh no! Right? Like no. I've seen I've seen breeding like mason jars. You probably shouldn't bring mason jars to the to the club auction, but nonetheless, mason jars filled with panda guppies. You pick your your flavor of cool guppy. Males, females, females about to pop. A buck, two bucks, three yep. bucks. Like, that's, like, tops. Well, if had a great external yeah. is at one of my first meetings, I got a bag of 20 guppies for a dollar. Yeah. Java moss will go for 20 bucks. Yeah. Crips will go for top dollar. I mean, plants are always command a price at these club at these club auctions. Yeah, especially if you're in an area that likes plants. I mean, yeah. if you're... Um, Seattle is, like, one of the best examples where, like, uh, almost everyone has planted tanks out here. Uh... And even the, even the people who are big cichlid heads, which we have a couple within the club that are, they they've read like every cichlid you can think of. Uh, you've you've had the most wonderful Lawrence Kent on your show. I mean, he is an absolute mecca of cichlid knowledge. He still does plants. Yeah. Like e even even guys that like they're doing the, the African lake cichlids, they probably still have a planet tank somewhere. Yeah, and and if plants aren't super popular in your area, they're going to be. They will be. I mean, that's it's just the direction the hobby is going, the direction the the, the hobby has been has been going in. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a matter of time before your area is 
um, is is flushed with plant lovers as the Seattle area. And that's that might be the best way, honestly, to get in in plants for profit is be in an area where um, there aren't as many planted tanks. Because if you show them several beautiful planted tanks, and you're always offering plants. And there's also the, the benefit beyond the beauty of just, hey, these things are going to help balance your tank out. Oh, yeah. I, so, I mean, on top of that, like, who doesn't want something that's going to help them with the, the being best, more successful? The best filter you can ever buy is plants. The yeah. FX, FX6 is pretty sweet, though. Ben. I, mean, I mean, come on. I own two come of on. them, so... I can't say that I don't think it's a great filter, but, and if I had more, I would be thrilled. But yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah, plants. I mean, they do they do double duty. It's it's you know they're helping you keep that water the 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 water uh, parameters in line um, to the best that they can, right? Obviously, you, you you can only push something so far, but they also provide an awesome aesthetic beauty. Um, and then probably the third benefit of being just helping your um, your fish feel more comfortable. Yeah. Right. You know, not everything wants to be in just a bare tank. They, they give your fish yeah. places to hide, little bits of territory. Um, for some of your smaller fish, they're, they're areas for microorganisms to collect, to be food sources. Yeah. Uh, they, they'll be more and more area for beneficial bacteria, which again adds to the filtration beyond what the plant is naturally pulling out of the water. Um, so let, let's say we've sold somebody listening to this sure. on the idea of, you know what, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to follow Bentley's advice. I'm, I'm going to go plants or profit. I'm going to give this a go. Yes. Um, so we picked up the 40, the 40 breeder. Um, so I want to kind of take this in two parts. The first yeah. is let's just go ahead and spell out what, what Bentley says is a good starter package um, to get going as a, okay. um, with, with plants or profit. And the second would be, you know, I'm somebody that I, I still want to breed guppies, though. I still want to breed guppies sure. for profit. I feel like I could still do it in my 40 breeder plants for profit, right? Like, what 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 is your take? I feel like sure. the plants will give the fry cover. It may be a little bit difficult getting them in and out. Maybe there's going to be some extra stressors. You're you're hitting on my my biggest worry about ever trying to do that. Also, um, but the guppies are resilient though, right? Yeah, so that's fine. the The biggest problem is mostly when it comes time to start fishing them out. If you're if you're trying to maximize your footprint for plant growth. You have a, a giant jungle of plants. Yeah. There, there is no, there's nothing but plants growing in everything. The substrate is just there to root things into, and for some plants to draw their nutrients from. So then, let's say this. Let's say um, you go, you go plants for profit. You still want to breed guppies. You keep your male female broodstock in there, uh, but when the female's ready to pop, you put her in a separate tank. Let her drop. Perfectly her back fine. In. And then, granted, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of wanting to handle fish. Uh, that much, but guppies are easy to net out. I mean, they're not. Yeah, they're even, not even rainbow fisher. Uh, even if you get one of the little hang-on breeder boxes, yep. and you just put the female in there long enough to drop her fry, then take her out yep. and let the fry raise up in those boxes, you have this massive tank of water in comparison to that box, full of plants that are going to keep your parameters very healthy, in comparison to maybe a, a, a more profit-oriented setup where it's just like, I'm going to put guppy grass in a 55 and some crushed coral, and that's it, right? Which is like your optimal bare-bones breeding-for-profit setup. Well, now you have all of this healthy plant life that's going to, to keep your water pretty pristine. And it's almost like having a gigantic bio-sump attached to your little bitty box for raising your fish up. Yeah. 
Um, and you can do it. Don't don't get me wrong. I just think the there is a worry that you might turn your plants for profit into a display tank if you're going for breeding for profit. And also, if you truly want to maximize your plants for profit, eventually you need CO2. You don't have to start with CO2. But if you want to speed your growth rates up and get to a point of where you have both a nice variety of plants and also fast enough growth to do, let's even say, 150 to 200 a month in plants, you have to have CO2. So let's meet at this crossroads, and I think sure, sure. I think we can come to a compromise where if you're a hobbyist and you let's say you know what every couple weeks I just want to be able to um, earn enough from plants and guppies where I can buy a couple things of food and maybe another fish, right? So Easy. so very minimal, right? Because yeah. so, because I don't think depending on career path, depending on family family commitments. Um, you know, we're all at kind of different stages of, of, of the amount of free time that we have. So I think the, both the breeding for profit and uh, plants for profit, there could be a happy medium where as long as you're not trying to make, you know, um, larger sums of profit, yeah. I think you could find that happy medium. Sure. And the, the other reason why I would argue plants for profit is better. I'm not saying one's better than the other. You're, but I am. I'll let you go. I am. <laughs> Take um, away. Plants don't require as much attention. The The best part about stems is you can do them on liquid fertilizer. I mean, for everything I grow, um, I, I just use Aquarium Co-op's Easy Green and Easy Iron. Free plug. Free plug. But the stuff's really good. But you could also use the... Thrive, which is made by Nylock G. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful product. Um, there, there's several, there's tons of liquid fertilizers that are all roughly the same. You have Seachem, Flourish Line, yeah. all that stuff. Um, it, it's really whatever is easiest for you to get at, at the best price. And, and if you want to do uh, dry fertilization with like the EI method, by all means, go ahead. I like it to be as simple as possible. Yep. Where my hard work is trimming plants. Yeah. So now let's say, all right, so let's move on to the, uh, the other part of sure. uh, kind of my, the question or the setup rather. Um, I want to go uh, plants for profit. I want to yep. start with the 40 breeder. I want to go with Bentley's prescribed method for plants for profit. Okay. What is that one tank setup? Take it away, Bentley. Sure. So uh, the first thing is simple. Buy used. Don't buy new. Go on Craigslist. Go on OfferUp. Find a used tank, whether it's a 40 breeder or a 75. Those are your two best. Go to your club auction. Go to your club auction. Where they pretty much pan tanks away for free. Yeah, I, I, I get amazed at how the, cheap some tanks go. Didn't the, the 75 gallon with a stand went for a dollar, right? Yeah, there's a, a, we had a, seven, we had a, a 75 gallon tank with stand and I think a, like an old fluorescent light hood or whatever on it for a dollar. A dollar. It's one of those things where, like, I was watching it, and I drive a car where I can't possibly take that tank home. I had my truck that day. And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. I'd take this thing. If it's less than $10, it's a highway robbery. If we if we would have talked prior to a couple uh, club meeting ago, yeah. you could have you could have been like, Randy, <laughs> you have your truck, right? Just, just, I need a little help. I need a little help with the truck. Give me a couple bucks for gas. Throw you some plants. There you go. Um, So... Get yourself, I, I especially like the 40 breeder just because it's only a three foot tank. 
It's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit easier. Um, it's got good height and depth at that like 17 inch on both parameters, so you can grow stems to a good height. But also you've got lots of footprint to make good plant density. The most important part is not CO2, it's your light. So if there's the one thing you're not going to buy used and you're gonna spend your money on, do it on your light. Now you can do, you can start easy and start with something like a Beamsworks LED, uh, an Aquanite, a Night Crew, any of those inexpensive LEDs that have a good spectrum of light. So you've got the, most of them are full spectrum, not just white and blue. Try to find the ones that have your red, they have your green, you have your blue. At a very minimum, red and blue added in there beyond just the white tones. And then from there, just something to move your water around. You can find AquaClear 110 hang-on backs for like 20 to $30 used. Sometimes you can find them free. On the side of the road in a tank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I got a couple of mine. <laughs> yep, I actually just picked up a, uh, a 20 long with uh, with an AquaClear in it, driving driving on my way to the grocery store. Fantastic. Well, the, the tank isn't complete. I mean, it's, it's, it's old, the silicon shot, so I'm actually going to use it as... Uh, uh, some some cut glass kind of baffles, so I'm yeah. gonna experiment with that a little bit. Nice. But it had an AquaClear, an AquaClear, AquaClear 20, but nonetheless, sure, free. sure. And I mean, you don't have to have a 110, right. but I think the 110 with a 40 breeder is like so perfect because all you have to do is put sponges in it. 70 is pretty money too, though. For that, 70 is great. Yeah. 70 is great. I just like the. It is literally how wide yeah. the body is for the amount of water movement. It's very good for minimizing algae. Because of the amount of water movement it puts in a 40 breeder's tank without being excessive, it helps you fight off some of the algaes that could become a problem in lesser water movement. Now, if you're going to do a 70, mount it on the side so that it's pushing water flow the length of the tank, kind of like a river system. Mm -hmm. That actually adds more water movement than hanging on the back because it doesn't have as wide a water column coming in and will give you the same effect. So if you can find a 70 or 110, perfect. The only thing that like you really need to invest new is a light. You don't have to have CO2 right away. Get yourself a decent substrate. Um, feel free if you've done it before or if you take your time to research it, do the, the standard dirted tank you know, Dustin's fish tanks has all sorts of stuff on it. Diana Wallstead, of course, like the the progenitor of this method. Um, a dirt with a, just a gravel cap is perfectly fine. I personally like things like Echo Complete or Fluval Stratum. I tend to 50-50 mix those two, but you do not need that. Most stems rely more on the water column than they do on the substrate. And how many inches would you say of a substrate do you want? Enough to root your plants down. So if you've got a 110, you probably want like two and a half to three inches just to make sure that when you, you bury a stem in there, it's not going to get torn up. So that's probably about what, three to four bags of EcoComplete and three to four bags of three to four 20 pound bag. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing here? So I was. It's a little, it's a little late. I don't want to do math right now. Sure. But, but you're getting a couple bags of EcoComplete, a couple bags of Fluval Stratum. Yeah. Right? Yeah, in my case. Um, and the other thing you can do, you can find substrate from people that's used out of an old tank. Don't be afraid of that. Like, if you got somebody who's like, I'm tearing down my ADA tank. Do you want my old Amazonia? Yes, you do. Absolutely. 
club auctions. Again, I mean, I we're going to harp on this a lot. I got a full bag on the, the nine... Uh, what is it? Nine liter bag, right? Because they do it by volume, not by weight. Of ADA Amazonia for fifteen dollars. Was that was that last auction or yeah. general auction? Yeah, last auction. Yeah, I was just, tired. I just left. had a random club meeting. I, I left before the auction. I was tired. <laughs> and it, I just came up and was like, "All right, yeah, I'll I'll pay one third what it costs me to buy normally." And there are online resources you can get stuff cheap too. Mm-hmm. You know, find find the cheapest way to enter yourself in. Used is usually that way. The only thing that you really want to invest your money in is a light. And you can start simple and then use your first profits to upgrade. Fluval 3.0s are amazing. If you can afford a Fluval 3.0, you cannot go wrong. Just turn the blue spectrum down. Turn it to like 5% and just leave it there. Mm. And don't have it on at night. My biggest advice with that light. Yeah. Crank the blue spectrum down. But all the, the cool, the bright, and the warm white, man, rack those things up. And so then, so now we've got the 40 breeder, we've got the substrate, we've got everything that we need. All that we're missing now is pretty much the water in the tank. Let's assume the water's there. Water's um, pretty easy. So then, so then we're, going, we're going stem plants. Yep. Um, specific species, and then how many uh, different species in there? Two or three, Bacopa being, being one of them, right? Uh, I would say Bacopa's a pretty good one. Um, if you can get a subspecies of Bacopa, so the, the standard Bacopa caroliniana, um, it has some color morphs. Uh, my personal favorite is Yellow Flame. It's one that I sell. It's one that I carry. It's just as easy. It just has a little color variation to it, so it makes it a little prettier, but it's the same. Well, and the name Yellow okay. Flame makes it sound cooler. Yeah, right. Yeah. It sounds a little fancier, yeah. so you can actually charge slightly more for it, which is the best part. You can, you can kind of, instead of like a dollar a stem, you can charge a dollar fifty a Like stem. the Black Ram being the Dark Knight. Yeah, the yeah, Dark Knight cool. Ram. <laughs> um, but I I would say if you're going to start out, try to have, in a 40 breeder, six species. Have a good mix of greens and reds. Have a good mix of easy and more medium plants. So stuff that likes higher light, so medium to high light, doesn't need CO2, but benefits from CO2. Uh, my, my go-tos, honestly, have a, a Pogostamen species, uh, whether that is Stellatus octopus or regular Stellatus. Those are the two probably easiest and best. So I'm gonna ask Bentley if he's good enough to do this or, or kind enough to, at the end of this or, or later on this week before I publish this episode, sure. to just give me a list. I'll put them in the show notes. So yeah, yeah, of course, go of course. Back. Um, so that way you're not hitting rewind and writing those I, names I will, down back I, and forth. I will forth. give you a nice email with some, some suggested plants to Wonderful, Bentley. Thank you, sir. Um, Listeners will appreciate it. Have a Ludwigia. Ludwigia repens is like the easiest thing known to man. It's a red plant that requires almost nothing. Bacopa is good. Um, if you don't necessarily want to do Bacopa, have some other really simple plant, whether that's water sprite, water wisteria, any of like the, the simplest green plants that are heavy nitrate absorbers. Because those are good for beginner people to get their feet wet. And now would you recommend how many how many of these plants should somebody be buying? Should they be purchasing enough to fill out their tanks? Obviously they're going to plant them in, in the groups, right? But do we want them to be able to go front to back with these plants, or should they start out with only a small handful, 
grow them up, trim them, replant them, grow them up, trim them, replant them. What is your take? Uh, or I guess how fast do you want to turn profits? Right. How fast question. do you want to turn profit? I would generally suggest, if you can, start with three to five stems of each species. Get used to how they grow and how fast they grow in your setup. Propagate them out to where you have them taking up a nice amount and you're growing a good amount in a, in a reasonable time period. So now that you know, you're going to know exactly how fast you can grow. What's your scale? Can I grow enough to have six customers a month or only three customers a month? Yeah. Can I have 10 customers a month? Can I have 10 customers a week? F figure out what you can do, how much you can go. Your average person is probably gonna spend like $20. Just, just assume that like ten to twenty dollars is your average sale. You will get other ones that are, are forty or fifty dollars. Don't count on that. Count on twenty. Twenty is where you want to shoot. Because twenty dollars is negligible enough for any given person to come in and just go, oh yeah, it's twenty bucks, sure. Yeah, twenty bucks, sure. Simple. Simple is really key. Um once you have that set up, you, you're used to how everything grows, you know how far you can trim a plant without like making it so that now you can't harvest it for two months, and how fast they grow, this is where you start walking into, okay, do I need, am I to the point of where I can start doing CO2? Even if it's simple like paintball canister rig. Um, versus something bigger. There's plenty of good regulators that are cheap. Uh, Milwaukee Instruments makes a great regulator that's like $40. And so now worse, now, so let's say you didn't try to mix breeding for profit um, with plants for profit. Yeah. And there, let's say there's, there's no aquatic life aside from the plants actually in the tank. Um, you could go with the paintball rig or one of the lesser expensive rigs that are kind of known, maybe they're gonna dump their contents of CO2 at the very end, right? Which would yeah. normally kill a fish but for your plants, we can kind of take that risk, right? Yeah. Like, nah, not a big deal. And even We can go e cheap. Even snails can take it. And, like, a lot of times when you're getting plants, you're going to get snails. Don't be afraid of snails. Yeah, because then actually what you want to do is you want to save them and you want to give them to me so I can feed my new Shodentai <laughs> puffer. Bentley oh. didn't want to give me any of his snails, though, so <sighs> poor little Poe is going to starve because oh, Bentley... Oh, he'll find plenty <laughs> of snails. He'll find plenty no, of we snails. Have, we have snails. I have snails. <laughs> but um, snails... More than just eating um, the very starts of algae, like your your green spot or green dust algaes that can grow on your plants, they will feed on the parts of your plants that are going to die. And one thing that you're just going to have to get used to in stems, if you when you start packing them pretty tightly, the lower growth is going to die out because it's going to lose a lot of light. Now you can make it so it doesn't. And that's a, it's a game where you have to kind of learn. And it's different from every plant. Uh, Alternanthera rhinecii. The lower growth is going to be perfectly fine. And that's most of where you're going to harvest your plants are side stem plants down low or toward the middle of the plant. You're not going to be clipping the tops off. So walk me through that. So what are we doing? So, when, so like some of these stem yeah. plants, um, you are harvesting the from the root up to midsection and so then you're replanting from the top right no 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 exactly. they'll throw so like you'll have your stem and on the side of the stem they will grow an offshoot ah, yes. okay. sideways gotcha gotcha 
Uh, and a, a lot of plants will do that, and you can actually condition almost any plant to do that with some tricks. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's not necessary to get into it, but you can learn about it just by growing them. Mm -hmm. now, there are some great videos about that that you can find if you're savvy on the internet. Mm -hmm. I might even make one here soon. Um, but once you learn their growth pattern and you figure out like how I'm going to harvest it and then how long it is until I can harvest that plant again, now you have all the information you need. Now it's just a matter of taking yourself, do you, are you willing to ship things? I would say at a start, don't. Only sell locally. One, shipping costs money. Two, when you ship things, you always risk that it will die. Don't take that risk. At the start, don't take that risk. Get used to everything understand how long a plant can do things in a bag watch if you order plants from places online to expand your plant selection as you're slowly getting better and better at this look at how they pack plants pay attention to how the plants are shipped to you and then look at which ones do the best versus which ones you have to do all the work to recover learn from those experiences before you ever ship plants like, as of right now, I have only shipped one plant order. I do everything locally. Because it's simple. I can just set it up so that people are coming over to my home. Basically, on my time, I set up windows. I give them a little consultation while they're here. I'll show them a bunch of plants. I'll give them basic information. I'll ask about their setup so that I know how to give them plants that aren't going to die right away and that are going to have the best chance to succeed. And then we set them up a plant package based on what they're looking to spend. Easy, easy. It's, it's super easy. It's just one of the things is be willing to take your time. And I don't mean like, oh, breeding for profit is going to take me like a year. No, no, no. Take your time with the people. Every person that you have come over for a sale, be willing to dedicate an hour. Take that time to learn about what they're doing, what they have, so that you can set them up to succeed. Because if they succeed on the first plants they buy from you, anytime they set up a different tank or they expand the number of plants in that tank, you're the first person they're coming back to. Yeah, and so outside of this name drop that I'm, I'm gonna drop right now, I completely agree with Bentley that the, the customer service, the customer first focus, um, especially in this application, is so critical, but um, you know, to name drop Jeff Bezos, right? Richest man in the world, arguably what the richest man in history, I believe. Uh, Amazon is built on the fundamental principle of customer obsession, right? Yeah. So it's what is going to delight the customer? What is going to make the customer happy? Uh, Bentley has applied that to his plants for profit. Um, in, in successful businesses, regardless of if it's a hobby doing plants for profit or it's or it's anything, anytime, anytime you're trying to do a business, um, the customer obsession, you know, and it's not always like an end consumer, you know, like in a retail transaction, you know, whether it's B2B or, or whatever it may be. Um, customer obsession is incredibly important. And so Bentley is basically giving us a business 101 on top of plants for profit. So, well, if you're doing plants for profit, you kind of are running your own business. Um, and I mean, it's a side thing, right? It's something you can do. Just don't tell the IRS. Uh, or, or do, you know, it's okay. It's okay to report those things. 
Uh, cash transactions are great. I highly suggest them. Uh, they're much they're much harder to not track. And the great thing is, the disclaimer is, this entire conversation is all theoretical, and it's something that Bentley and Randy have cooked up in their head, and may that's, or may not be real. That's right. Uh, no, I, it is. I totally it's... don't do this at all. <laughs> so, Bentley, I want to say uh, thank you very much for opening up your home to me, for, uh, you it's know, a pleasure having for you. one, selling me wonderful, awesome plants that I'm so excited to, to put in a new tank that I'm setting up, um, and then sharing this awesome concept of, of plants for profit. Um, to kind of offer offering an alternative to breeding for profit, or in some cases something that could go together, um, just depending on yeah. the scenario. It's all about your uh, setup. Uh, but so yeah, Bentley, thank you so much. Um, I do want to give you the opportunity. You do also have a YouTube channel. Yes, I do. Um, I I don't think your ambition is to become the next. You know, name your YouTube celebrity. I don't even know these guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, I, go with the, we'll go with Aquarium Co-op. That's our, our local celeb, right? Oh, I was going to say PewDiePie or any oh, of like no. the... Oh, no. I'm definitely, the, definitely yeah, never the, going that wh- route. Whoever those guys are, right? <laughs> but, like, I don't think the, that's not your that's not your aim with your channel, no, right? not at all. Um, I've watched your, a couple of your videos, and it's very much knowledge-based, just kind of a, a hobbyist, you know, sharing his information. So um, check out Bentley's channel. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, and, and, again, Bentley, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you again for listening to the Aquarius Podcast. As always, get involved in your local fish club, help grow this wonderful hobby, and have fun with other fish nerds.